If you're a regular listener, you've heard me share my list of top 10 biohacks. Let's talk about number nine, fun hacks for the bulletproof mind. It may sound weird, but hanging upside down is a great way to hack your brain. Regularly inverting trains your brain capillaries, making them stronger and more capable to bring oxygen to your brain. It's pretty straightforward. More oxygen in the brain means better performance. I get my daily stretch and my dose of oxygen with my teeter inversion table, which is so essential for optimum focus, concentration, and mental energy. That full body stretch elongates the spine and takes the pressure off the discs so they can plump back up. Less pressure means less pain. If you have back pain, even if you've been lucky enough to avoid it so far, you really want a teeter to invert every day to keep your back and joints feeling great. For over 35 years, Teeter has set the standard for quality inversion equipment you can trust. My friends over at Teeter have decided to show some love to Bulletproof listeners. For a limited time, you can get the Teeter inversion table with bonus accessories and a free pair of gravity boots so you can invert at home or take the boots with you to the gym. To get this deal, which is a savings of over 138 bucks, go to getteeter.com bulletproof. You'll also get free shipping and a 60-day money-back guarantee and free returns, so there's absolutely no risk you to try it out. Remember, you can only get the Teeter with bonus accessories and a free pair of gravity boots by going to getteeter.com slash bulletproof. G-E-T-T-E-E-T-E-R.com slash bulletproof. Check it out. Bulletproof Radio, a state of high performance. What if there was a way to feel younger for longer? Well, there is. Your body needs something called the NAD plus molecule to help you age well. When you're young, your body makes a lot of NAD plus, and that helps you make energy. It helps you keep your DNA healthy, absorb nutrients well, and it protects your cells from stress. But once you hit about 30, your NAD plus levels start to drop. The good news is that longevity scientists have found some things that can help, like niacin, niacinamide, and niagen. They help your body make more NAD plus even as you age. All three of these are in an amazing formula called Qualia NAD+. Check out Qualia NAD+, risk-free, for up to 100 days at neurohacker.com slash dave15 to save an extra 15%. That's neurohacker.com slash dave15, Qualia NAD+. It's what I use. Everyone's talking about red light therapy beds, and for good reason. There's a company called ARRC LED that's building an entirely new class of LED devices. ARRC LED beds integrate proprietary scanning technology and frequency protocols to shape the delivery of six different wavelengths in dose-optimized photobiomodulation. Yes, that's a lot of words. What it is, though, is that photobiomodulation improves the underlying energetics of the cells in your body. And those changes can benefit nearly every tissue and organ and system in your body. You change your cells and you change your life. For more information, visit ARRCLED.com. You're listening to Bulletproof Radio with Dave Asprey. Today's cool fact of the day is that your eyes can actually get a tan inside of them. There's a compound inside your eyes called ocular melanin or neuromelanin. And melanin is the stuff that gives you a tan or gives you dark skin complexion. But inside your eyes, it has a weird ability to increase oxygen levels beyond what we used to think were possible. And melanin is activated by light, which is one of the reasons that getting healthy light into your eyes really matters. And until very recently, no one could explain why this stuff was in the eye, and no one could explain why your eye had more oxygen than the capillaries could actually deliver to the eye. Well, this is why. 
And you'll read about this in Headstrong, my new book, where we talk about mitochondria. Because it turns out that the stuff that this ocular melanin makes, oxygen, is required for mitochondria in your eyes to function. And believe it or not, your eyes have some of the most dense mitochondria in your entire body. So who would have thought light drives oxygen, which drives energy, which drives vision, which then drives function throughout your eyes. Pretty cool stuff. And that's why you should go to orderheadstrong.com. All right. Check that out. Cool fact of the day and a plug for the book, just like that, which is super cool. Today's episode is part two with Dr. Mark Atkinson, the head of the Bulletproof Coach Training Program and Medical Director for Bulletproof. We are talking today about the second half of the question from yesterday, yes, which was sugar cravings. It was, yeah. That was from John. And then we're going to talk about Julia from the UK, uh, 38, she had a question. She says, Dear Dave and Dr. Mark, I'm tired all the time. It's been this way for nearly four years. It affects everything. Mood, relationships, self-esteem, libido, work performance. Saw your GP. They ran some blood tests, said nothing was wrong. You know what? When a doctor runs blood tests and says nothing's wrong, and you're like, I feel like I've been poisoned, I'm dying, there is something wrong. It's your doctor. But no, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, when I, when I heard that, I said, when, when doctors say that, what they mean is, I personally do not know what is wrong with you. Yeah. It's not, there's nothing wrong with you. There's, there's a lot of things not right. Yeah. But it's, they're talking about their personal limitations. Mm-hmm. Because the way you feel is true. It's real. There's always causes. Yeah. It requires investigation. You have to take on the hat of being a medical detective. And that's what we're going to help yeah. you with. I'd be a little more blunt about this. When, a, when you have persistent symptoms that, that you as a, as a emotionally somewhat healthy, you don't have to be perfectly healthy at all, person, and you're like, I have reliable, repeatable symptoms that are really affecting my quality of life. When you go into the doctor's office and the doctor says, there's nothing wrong, what you can translate that to, and all of you listening to this, it translates to, I am a buffoon. Okay, that, That's what your physician is saying to you. He's yeah. saying, I am a buffoon. Because... If you have symptoms, there is something wrong. And if the lab tests don't pick up the symptoms, it's probably the wrong lab tests or the symptoms are caused by something else. Do not let a physician tell you that you're a nutter. Physicians are trained. If you have more than a few symptoms, in medical school, they'll tell you, what do they tell you, Dr. Mark? If someone comes in with 10 symptoms, what are they? Yeah, it's supposed to be hypochondria, exactly. right? Exactly. And you know, and, and this is one of the reasons so many more doctors or training in functional medicine, integrated yeah. medicine, because we've had enough is like, you know, when you have people coming to you saying, I've got this symptoms, and your conventional medical training does not allow you to help them, and you realize like, wow, 80% of the people I actually yeah. can't help, what it means is there's a fundamental error in the medical education process. This is why functional medicine is taking off, because it's saying there's always reasons, but when a doctor says, I do not know, Mm-hmm. then you have to find another doctor who is willing to champion you and do what is required to work with you to find out the underlying reasons because there's always reasons. And in the old days, it was your hypochondria. And like, take, for example, chronic fatigue syndrome. Yeah. Okay, if there was ever one clear message, listen really well, chronic fatigue syndrome is not hypochondria, it's <laughs> mitochondria. And it's like, you know, if you really get that, then it's like, wow, suddenly I can be empowered because there is so much I can do mm-hmm. to help myself. So we, we have fire in the belly around this because millions of people suffer unnecessarily and you know, let down yeah. by the medical profession. And there are many, many exceptions. Many, many exceptions, mm-hmm. but a lot of people are let down 
and the left just and like you know kind of like in the case of Julia, she's had this for four yeah. years. That's a long, long time. You know, four weeks is too long. Yeah, and, and imagine if you had ten symptoms. By the way, I had ten symptoms. I've been diagnosed with chronic fatigue syndrome yeah. and fibromyalgia and all this crazy stuff. Yeah. And it turns out I, I believe they were misdiagnosed. I was living in a house with toxic mold. But here's the thing: if your mitochondria are not taking a charge, they can't hold a charge, they can't make enough energy for you, maybe you're going to have more than one symptom. In fact, you're, by definition, you're going to have 10 symptoms, muscle weakness, racing heart, sweating, all sorts of random stuff that seems crazy. In fact, one of the doctors in Moldy, the documentary, and if you haven't seen this, moldymovie.com, I guarantee you, if you're hearing this and you look to your left or your right, one of those two people lives in a Moldy house and is probably having some cognitive effects from it or other effects. But what one of the people that, that touched me the most was a, a physician. And she was married to a physician. Mm-hmm. Her mitochondria got poisoned by the stuff in, in her house. And her husband didn't really feel very much. So because they're doctors and because she had 10 symptoms, she said, I must be a hypochondriac. But my temperature is elevated by one degree. Therefore, I'm not a hypochondriac. So she biopsied every organ in her body. Okay, can you imagine someone sticking like straws into every one of your organs to sample mm-hmm. them? Couldn't figure it out. Two years of suffering, just complete debilitation. With Her husband's going, I know something's wrong with you. It's just a mystery. If she had gone, and she wasn't a doctor, and she wasn't married to a doctor, she'd gone to a normal doctor, mm-hmm. she would have basically probably just been disabled. And put on antidepressants. Yeah, yeah, it's all in your head. And so, yeah. uh, Julia... Never take it. If a doctor says they don't know, that's that's respect respect worthy. I don't know, but I acknowledge a problem. And if they instead say the problem is you, yeah, the problem is me because I'm not paying your ass. That's what you tell a doctor like that, and you get out of there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So if a doctor says he doesn't know, he's just the wrong doctor for you, yeah. and you have to find someone. This is why functional medicine trained doctors, integrated medicine doctors, yeah. are where you want to go because they they really get. You know, and, and you go look to the biology, the psychology, the environment, and you mm-hmm. just systematically work yeah. around those. You're going to find out the combination yeah. of factors, you know, the genetic sensitivities, the environmental factors, the dietary things, you know, the gut-related things, the hormones, all these things, and they'll work with you to find them. But four years is is way too long. So I'm I'm really up for making a whole bunch of suggestions for you because I tell you what, there's a whole bunch of people listening to this mm-hmm. who have also been experiencing a lot of fatigue and tiredness and vague symptoms they can't get their heads around. And they've normalized it. Yeah. And they've got used to it, but they're well, living it, it, at a fraction of the They think it's 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 a just a personal weakness or a moral failing or just oh, how life not. is. It's not. It it's not that. And and so a good doctor who says, I don't know, let's figure it out. Let, let's, yeah. do, let's, let's play detective. So what we'll do in this episode is we're not going to be able to get feedback from him, Julia, and we're not going to be able, be able to ask John about his, his yeah. sugar cravings, but we're going to tell you where to look as, yeah. as educated detectives. Yeah. We'll, we'll just knock off those low-hanging fruit and yeah. see what happens. So do you want, I mean, this yeah. is such a, an easy one, actually, this idea. <laughs> you, you, want, you want to start? <laughs> I, you know... Um, one of the things I just love is being able to share simple things that you can do that will make a big difference. And, and, and there's some core, common guiding principles that, that will enrich everyone's life and everyone's health and everyone's energy. And so when someone comes to me with, with fatigue, there's a couple of basic things we need to exclude. These are just given. You've got to exclude anemia. Yep, okay. for women especially. For women especially. So, you know... 
um, what your iron level is, B12, folate, you know, you know, anemia affects like over three and a half million Americans, 1.5 billion people worldwide. So you've got to know what your red cell count is. Mm -hmm. Diabetes is another big one. 400 million people worldwide with diabetes, you know, blood sugar levels go up. You need to have a fasting glucose. So just kind of check that. And th these are things that, that I would hope when she went to a normal GP that they should knock off. Exactly. And I'm basically, I'm hoping and assuming that yeah. was, but there'll be a lot of people listening to this and this will be relevant to you. Oh yeah. Because like, you know, if you're tired all the time, you're thirsty, you're passing urine, you've got uh, tingling in your extremities, pro wound healing, you may have diabetes, particularly if you're carrying extra weight. Mm -hmm. So you can look at that. If you're losing you know, heavy periods, um, if you're B12 deficient, you may be anemic. The other big thing is thyroid function, yeah. right? I mean, it's like, wow. I mean, you know, they reckon about 20 million people in America with, thi with hypothyroidism. I think it's much larger than that. Yeah, you know what? It, it could absolutely be a lot. And I think when you take into account what I call functional hypothyroidism, yeah. it's going to be a lot more. And like what that be? <laughs> yeah, exactly, half. And, and basically the deal is um, thyroid gland sits in the midline in the lower part of your neck and it helps to control metabolism, the rate at which you convert the food you eat into energy. It's mm -hmm. a master control of metabolism. Now, the most common cause of hypothyroidism is an uh, autoimmune response called Hashimoto's disease. And the thyroid becomes inflamed and affects the production of thyroid. So what happens is someone reads about the symptoms of thyroid they go to the doctor and say, I think I may have a thyroid problem. Can you do a thyroid test? And the doctor will do a TSH, which is not a sensitive <laughs> way of picking up hypothyroidism. And here's, here's the problem. The TSH comes back normal according to the parameters that they're using. And they say to the individual, you're not hypothyroid. But they, but they absolutely it's could It's a lie. Be. It's a lie because if you have the symptoms, if you're tired all the time, you have... Um, uh, problems with forgetfulness, weight gain, constipation, dry skin. What you need to be doing is ideally getting your free T3 done and something else called reverse T3. This mm. is hugely important because if you are experiencing a high level of stress, the thyroxine hormone can convert into what's called reverse T3, which blocks the effect of active thyroid. And so reverse T3 is like, a hibernation hormone. It kind of shuts the system down when you're under stress to conserve energy. So you can have thyroid tests that according to standard criteria look normal, mm -hmm. but have a high reverse T3, which probably hasn't been measured, yep. and you have what's called a functional cellular level hypothyroidism. And, and when you're hypothyroid, in other words, you don't have enough thyroid hormone, thyroid controls the amount of energy your mitochondria make. And let's see, Julia, you've got problems with mood. That would be what's going on with energy in the brain. Your problem with relationships, what's going on with energy in the prefrontal cortex to help you manage the emotional stuff that's coming up from the anxiety that you're probably feeling because you don't have enough energy. Self-esteem, while well, you feel weak all the time. Yeah. Libido, gee, do you have enough energy to have sex? No, people who don't have enough energy don't want to have sex because God forbid you get pregnant. Mm. Right. These are these are not conscious things you're doing. These are they're built into the wiring of your body to keep you alive and keep the species alive. And of course, your work performance. So if we're looking at an energy problem that describes all of these, and the single biggest thing you can do on on an energy problem, if you have a thyroid problem, is, is fix it. Yeah. And, yeah, and if you're exactly. hypoglycemic, oh, yeah. every time your blood sugar crashes, and especially if you don't have ketones present, that's one reason bulletproof coffee is like woohoo ketones. But if 
if you don't have those present, as soon as your blood sugar crashes, guess what happens? An emergency signal happens, which is stress. And when stress happens, reverse T3 happens. So you end up on this horrible cycle where you're, you're stuck on this. Yeah. So that would be the number one thing, was look at your thyroid. And I gotta uh, mention my friend Isabella Wentz, uh, who just did a big documentary about Hashimoto's. Uh, it's totally worth uh, looking at thyroidpharmacist.com if you're, if you're more interested in this kind of stuff. Um, what else could this be? Yeah, so um, not necessary for you, Julia, unless, I mean, you don't mention about um, your body mass index. You know, for, for some people, though, who are quite overweight, you know, a really common cause of ongoing fatigue is actually sleep apnea. Affects yeah. 18 million Americans. So um, if you wake up in the morning, you've got a dry throat, you're feeling tired, you're kind of, you've got kind of brain fog, um, you wake up during the night and you're gasping for breath, you may have sleep apnea. Not a lot of people know about it. And what it means is that basically you get deprived of oxygen during the night time, the breathing stops hundreds of times throughout mm -hmm. the night, that can be a problem. So if you're tired all the time or any cause of ongoing sleep deprivation yeah. could be an issue. Stress, of course, is such a big one. And, and so you've probably heard of the term adrenal fatigue. These days, we like to think of it more in terms of, it's not so much about the adrenals, it's more about ongoing chronic stress that affects what's called the HPA axis. And so the HPA axis is hypothalamus, pituitary, and adrenals. And basically, they work together to regulate our stress response. They control all of the systems of the body. Mm -hmm. And when there's chronic stress, the feedback mechanisms break down. And so what happens is the body stays in chronic stress. And over time, that causes um, adrenal fatigue. And so, you know, when someone's flatlining with cortisol and DHEA and adrenal fatigue, there's no energy. There's mm -hmm. no motivation. There's depression there. The hormones shut down. And, and you know, when I look at those symptoms, Julia, your low mood, relationship, self-esteem, libido, you have a metabolism that is shut down. Mm -hmm. And so the answer is to bring your might, to resuscitate your mitochondria, to bring more energy into your body. And so what tends to happen is when you feel low in energy, people then start having sugar and refined carbohydrates to give them a little energy booster. And that's exactly the wrong kind of food yeah. that you want to be taking. And so you know, more like more corn syrup, more MSG and stuff like that, yeah. more margarine. Yeah, that's kind of that you start over, you, you, you're trying to kind of try and overstimulate your body to feel some sense of aliveness, right? Yeah. What people seek is aliveness. I, I, was, I was trying to push your buttons and you totally missed it. Yeah. I, I was recommending like the worst foods you could possibly have. And you're like, yeah, I'm like, yeah. Mark. No. <laughs> I was ignoring it. <laughs> but it is, it's like that's what happens. So when yeah. we feel really bad, we turn to alcohol. There you go. That's we turn a big one. to drugs. Uh -huh. You know, I don't know if you're on any medications, but you know, oh, she's on blood pressure meds that could cause all this. That's as well. the thing. So if you're on blood pressure meds and your heart meds, that kind of shuts down your metabolism. You so many medications are actually a toxin to mitochondrial function yeah. as well. So it sets up a negative vicious cycle, right? Absolutely. And so we get sleep deprived. The mitochondria starts shutting down. We feel more depressed, and then when we feel low and kind of low in mood, then we don't engage with the things that matter most. So we lose our passion, mm -hmm. we lose our engagement with life. We feel disconnected in our relationships. So we feel more isolated and that just perpetuates it. it so does. what I see and hear in you, Julia, is you've entered this negative kind of cycle, this kind of black hole. There's a lot of people listening to this who will resonate with some of what you're experiencing, but here's the good news. There's a way out of it. 
And it just starts systematically with taking charge of your nutrition, taking charge of your sleep and supplements, starting to re-engage with what matters most to you, your passions, etc. So maybe we can talk a little bit about how to bring the mitochondria back online. We, we can, but there's two more low-hanging fruit that I think might be worth mentioning yep. here. Uh, just for, for people listening, we're, we're answering Julia's question, but the idea here is this may apply to you or the people around you. One is uh, she's got to get a full sex hormone panel from yeah, her doctor. that's right. Because when I see libido and self-esteem and relationships and mood, that can be estrogen, progesterone imbalances. You could be completely out of testosterone. You're 38. And testosterone in particular, right? Yeah. When, yeah. when women run out of testosterone, yeah. no one likes it. Uh, the guys around them don't like it, and the women are, women don't like it. It's it's a really important sex hormone. You don't yeah. need as much as, as Mark or me, because we're yeah. men. But if, if that's gone, your self-esteem, your work performance, your libido, all of that will just be trashed. And let's just, I'll be kind of blunt about it. If your libido is, is not so good, your relationships probably aren't going to be that good too because sex is a part of healthy relationships. Yeah. Well, at least healthy home relationships. Your work relationships are hopefully different, but hey, whatever works for you. Yeah. <laughs> so the, uh, the important thing here is understand energy mechanics from thyroid and then understand the sex hormones here and see if those are, are involved. You might also ask for some inflammation markers, and this is something that most GPs won't run unless you ask, but if you can get your C-reactive protein, your homocysteine, and something called LPPLA2, those are the three big markers that tell you if you're inflamed. And guess what? If you have inflammation, you have mitochondrial dysfunction. Yeah. It, it's exactly that way. Mitochondria stop working, inflammation happens. And if any of those are elevated, you need to figure out what the root cause of those are. And the other thing I would ask for this group of, of symptoms like this is, are you living in a place that smells like socks? Mm. Are there water spots on the ceiling? Has there been recent water damage in your car, in your office, in your school, or at home? And do you feel noticeably worse when you're in one of those locations? And if you go on vacation for a week or you're somewhere else for a week, do you magically feel better? If so, your body is responding to something in the environment around you and the single most likely thing in that case would be a a mold damage, water damage in your your house. I'm not talking about drinking mold in your coffee or eating mold. Those can be problems for you and they'll be more of a problem if you're in a moldy building. But moldy buildings are present for at least half of buildings in the United States. And you're in the UK, the number's probably higher there because it rains all the time in the UK. You know, the inflammation thing is just massive (laughs) because, um, and you're absolutely right, you know, doing inflammatory markers, because if if there's like an autoimmune disease, if you have lupus, rheumatoid arthritis, you know, and even if, you know, um, know, you're 38, but if someone's listening to this who's in the 60s or 70s, you know, sometimes, you know, having like a chronic disease like cancer or chronic bronchitis or any chronic disease can lead to fatigue over time. And if you experience chronic stress and inflammation, your hormones mm. will be out of balance. Yeah. That, that's, that's almost a given. So you can see when it comes to fatigue, we, you can't just take some kind of random supplement and hoping that it's gonna happen. Um, you have to deal with the root causes whilst taking the right supplements. You do both at the same time, and that's the kind of real key to this. But it does require detective work. Yeah. All right. I think we we really. I was actually let's talk about bringing some of the mitochondrial yeah. things back online. Some yeah, of the techniques exactly. from Headstrong would be yeah. really helpful yeah. here. All right. Number one, let's fix your sleep. Yeah, right. that's where it starts. So it seems really good. So there, number one, black 
out your room. Most cities now have replaced their streetlights, which have, streetlights have always been bad for us. The real reason we created streetlights were 100 years ago when we first started making power, no one needed much power late at night and they needed to burn it mm. off. So like, let's put up some lights in the streets. It'll somehow be good. And then we lost our connection with darkness. But here's the deal. You may not like dark very much because you can't see, but your body, the mitochondria, these ancient bacteria that became the batteries in your cells, they require darkness so they can communicate with each other. And that means that if you mm. close your eyes, even if you cover your eyes, it doesn't really matter as much as if you actually have physical darkness where you sleep. So this means invest in a really good pair of blackout curtains. And when I say blackout curtains, it doesn't mean light blocking curtains. It means no light comes around the edges of the curtains. You actually need to be like in a cave when you sleep. And it means every LED light in your room is taped over or better yet unplugged so you have less electromagnetic frequencies interfering with you. That can make a huge difference in the quality of your sleep. And just, just true darkness can do that. Uh, you might consider you know, the, the true dark glasses that are mentioned in Headstrong as well, uh, which can really improve sleep quality because they block all the spectrum of light that your body interprets as being daytime. So you can still see, but your, your brain basically thinks it's pitch black. And that's kind of a neat hack. Uh, those are the true dark glasses. They're on biohacked.com. And... Uh, let's see, uh, for sleep, cooling the temperature of your room can make mm. a big difference. You may need an air filter in your room. If you're having problems with coughing and sneezing, you may want to look at your bedding surface. You know, if your bed's too soft, too hard, can make a huge difference as well. Uh, there's something on the Bulletproof website called the sleep induction mat, where you lay on this mat that's made with special little spikes. They don't actually penetrate your skin, but it's, it's kind of prickly. And mm. you lay on it and, and your body goes, I'm going to die because of these little prickles, and you just lay there and go, no, I'm not. And after a minute or two of discomfort, all of a sudden your body just says, oh, I guess I won't. And then a huge wave of endorphins comes, and you just kind of melt. You relax, yeah. And once you relax like that, then you just uh, toss the mat off your bed, but you go to sleep faster and more deeply because uh, you've basically triggered this wave of endorphins. So it's a neat way to get yourself into a deeper sleep faster. All right, so there's yeah. the, the light and sleep thing. What yeah. do you think? Yeah, there's loads, you know, so... Um, if you've got a busy mind, um, so being able to relax the body, you know, the sleep induction mat's great because it does, it just relaxes you. But also just some simple breathing exercises, you know, some kind of yoga, meditation in the evening, making sure you're not overstimulating yourself at nighttime. You know, I don't know if you drink caffeine, but if you're, particularly if you're caffeine sensitive, not drinking after 1 or 2 p.m. in the afternoon, just having a relaxing bedtime routine and going to bed at the same time, waking up at the same time mm -hmm. as well, so your body gets used to that. You know, magnesium at nighttime and during the day is really important. Melatonin, you can look at things like, you know, passion, um, flower and valerian. Uh, you don't mention about anxiety, but, you know, if anxiety is there, certainly like journaling in the evening, getting things that are going around your head um, out into a journal is really important. Not having stimulating conversations kind of late at nighttime. Staying away from screens late at nighttime mm -hmm. is, uh, is really important. Uh, listening to several episodes of Bulletproof Radio every night before bed. <laughs> as, your, as, your, as your ritual. Yeah, that's <laughs> Just <right>. kidding. <laughs> um, and, um, and if you do wake up during the night, sometimes that can be due to, particularly because you've yeah. probably got some adrenal um, fatigue yeah. there, it could be to low, um, low sugar levels. So, you know, one of the things that Dave writes about, and, um, and I've tried myself and I really like it, is taking like a, um, a tablespoon of raw honey at nighttime. 
And for some people, it actually works really well because yeah. it just kind of gives them a supply of glycogen where they just releases glucose through the nighttime so they don't wake up. Sometimes, you know, I don't know, you said it affects your mood. So I don't know if you're experiencing depression. Sometimes people yeah. who experience depression kind of wake up, you know, three, four in the morning. Um, so there's a lot of things you can do for your sleep. And we should pause there for a second. Depression is not a, a, a moral failing. Depression is yeah. inflammation in the brain. That's right. uh, it, it, it is... It is simply a biological hardware problem. Yeah. And a lot of people say, oh, if I'm depressed, oh, it's just me. I guess I should just, you know, I should have a better mood. Screw that noise. No, like fix the hardware, the depression will lift. That's how it yeah. works. And actually, you know, uh, fatigue is, is one of those subjects that uh, I'm just getting loads of more causes of fatigue coming out. And of course, one related to brain inflammation is gut, gut inflammation, <laughs> gut dysbiosis. Yeah. You know, if you've got uh, fem, you know, fermenting going on in your gut, you've got small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. Parasites, yeah. You've got parasites, you've got yeast overgrowth, there's food allergies, food sensitivities, you know, leaky gut syndrome, mm -hmm. all of these can profoundly influence your energy, your mood, everything. We also missed the other two really <laughs> big those, causes. All right, Julia, <laughs> is there someone else in bed with you? Because if so, if that person snores, yeah. <laughs> that can explain all of your symptoms. <laughs> like seriously, that, that can be the other thing. The other thing is you're yeah. 38, are you by any chance a new mom? Because uh, that would also explain all these exactly, things. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, th those For could be the reasons. So, yeah. yeah. It's like, you know, kind of. So it is lit. And it's hard because when you're tired and your brain's offline, it's really hard to think of all these things. Yeah. Because you get brain fog and it's really right. hard to do it. And that's why sometimes you need to find someone, you know, to work with you. Because you, when you work with a therapist or a doctor or you just have a good friend or an advocate for you, you're borrowing their perspective and their brain until you can get yours back online. Yeah. When you're in the middle of it, it's really hard to get your head around this. And I know we're kind of sharing a lot of stuff here, and this could be quite overwhelming for you, which is why it's really important you find yourself a functional medicine trained doctor to kind of work with, because yeah. you know this, this is challenging stuff to deal but, with. Let me walk uh, listeners through uh, how, how this came to be for me. I was experiencing these problems more. I, I was obese. I had uh, mood problems. I had relationship problems. I had self-esteem problems. Uh, I had libido problems. Uh, arth this arthritis in my knees, stretch marks, and and just uh, and work performance. I was actually doing well in my career, but I, I actually wasn't anywhere near what I was capable of, and I was I was actually stressed because I, I felt like I wasn't doing very well. And some of that might have been just self-criticism, but some of it was I couldn't remember what happened in meetings. And, mm. and like sometimes I, I just couldn't bring what I knew I had. Mm. Uh, and it, was, it brought about like this kind of feeling of almost helplessness where it's like, wow, I, I know the answer to this. It's just gone. Like it, mm. it, it, it won't come when I try to bring it. Mm. So I went to the doctor and, and the doctor basically said something like what you heard, Julia, which is you know, maybe you should try and lose some weight. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's your blood sugar, and it wasn't. Mm -hmm. I you know, like like essentially there, there was only cliches, mm -hmm. and I said, you know, this guy is not going to do it for me. And I did fire him when he basically said it was all in my head. I spent four years studying every night until I would fall asleep at my desk to learn about what's going on in my body. Every single night, I, I just sit there until I would like kind of pass out, which maybe wasn't so good for me. Maybe the sleep would have been better, but. I also started taking smart drugs, and that's why I know what I know now. Mm. Because being an engineer and a geek, and not understanding that the brain emerges from the the biology, like mm. you, you hack the brain last and the biology first. Mm. But I started out in, in the wrong order because that was what occurred to me. The smart drugs gave me the energy, 
right? They, they let my brain come back online enough to solve this problem. And I spent hundreds of thousands of dollars because every night after I studied, I would just order whatever I studied <laughs> and I'd have a box of new supplements or some new crazy device because I was desperate, right? I was fortunate, number one, I made $6 million when I was 26, so I could do this. Uh, I was unfortunate, I lost it when I was 28, so I've been you know, living, uh, living off my salary like everyone else for most of the last 20 years, but I did have this time that really helped me get accelerated there. You should not have to spend four years and hundreds of thousands of dollars hacking this. I shouldn't have it either. The problem was there was no information like mm. we have today. It, it just wasn't put together again. Or again, it wasn't put together the way it is now and, and the way we're still putting it together. And there weren't really functional medicine doctors back then. Oh, that time, yeah. So you can go to a detective, a functional medicine doctor, who will help you in, uh, in three months and uh, maybe six months. That's mm -hmm. about how long it takes to come out of something like this where things can be radically different. And you can take charge and you can do a lot of this stuff yourself. But if it's been four years and, and you're, you're doing this, the problem I think here is you saw your GP your GP is not a specialist in troubleshooting the system of the human body. That's a precious knowledge base. And it may cost you to go see a specialist like this. It'll cost you a lot less to use a specialist than it will to do what I did, which was four years of effort. And actually, it's been a lot less. It's been almost mm -hmm. 20 years now. But in the beginning, it was four years of really focus before I even saw a doctor again. And I'm grateful that when I finally did go back to a doctor after that first doctor kind of broke my trust in the medical mm -hmm. system, I went back to a functional medicine practitioner before they even had a name for that. And it was partly because I was smart enough to look around for someone and I called the office and was kind of hostile. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, was, I was kind of a jerk actually. Uh, and I walked in, I'm like, look, he, I have one of these seven things and I've read medical textbooks on each of them. So I want this lab test from this company and I want this treatment plan if that's that. And this doctor looked at me and she's like, can I at least like choose the order? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, okay. Yeah. And, uh, and, and then we were off to the races. So for you, you'll save thousands and thousands of pounds uh, or dollars, I guess you're in the UK, so we can say pounds. And you'll save hundreds of hours. And more importantly, you'll save countless effort and energy that you would spend unraveling all this yourself by having someone do this. Same thing, you want to go fix your BMW? You might be able to. It's easier to take to the mechanic. You need to find a good mechanic. And a GP isn't a mechanic. A GP is more like a body shop. You got a dent in the fender? Let me pull that out for you. You need mm -hmm. someone who's going to go in there and figure out why it shakes and rattles and doesn't accelerate right. Yeah, yeah, you know, kind of, um, it's probably the single most important thing you can do right now is to find that functional medicine doctor, someone, you can just call them up, you know, kind of just get a sense of are they, do they have energy for you? Yeah. Are they willing to step up and work with you so you feel like they're part of your team? Because that's what you're doing is that you want to build a team of people around you who want the best for you. You gotta get the testing done. You have to look for your hormones, your inflammatory markers, your red cells. You look at all that stuff. But then we've got to start looking at the basics. We started with sleep. Now we've got to look at nutrition and diet because that is a game changer for a lot of people because a lot, so many people are dependent on sugar and refined carbohydrates and they eat kind of um, uh, uh, damaged uh, oils and, and the processed foods. And that just exacerbates the problem. So. As you start increasing your intake of healthy fat, you eat kind of more vegetables, you reduce your consumption of sugar. And one of the previous questions was around sugar sensitivity. And I find a lot of people who don't feel good, the way they self-medicate, one of the many ways, is through sugar consumption. Mm -hmm. And there is no quicker way, particularly if you're sugar sensitive, to feel low in yourself than to have sugar. And you know, it is for some people, 
if you come off refined sugar, even just for three, four days, this fog can lift. And it can be a game changer. In my experience, about two-thirds of people who stop sugar will, after a couple of days, say, that was one of the most important things I did. I had no idea that me eating sugar and cookies and ice creams, all that kind of stuff, was affecting the way that I, uh, I felt it myself. So sugar and healthy fat, making the dietary change is really important. There's also, try some organic food. If you're eating sugar on a regular basis, you're probably getting genetically modified sugar beets, which are sprayed mm. with glyphosate. That's a problem. And glyphosate is a mitochondrial toxin. It, it, we like to say, oh, this glyphosate stuff that, that should not be sprayed in our environment at all. It is toxic for all kinds of life. We like to say it doesn't affect us because it affects this one bacterial pathway. Newsflash, 10% of your body weight is mitochondria. These are ancient bacteria, and they are affected by, by glyphosate. And also, glyphosate replaces some of the molecules in collagen in your body mm. and disrupts the electrical flow of, of electrons on the fascia of your muscles. It, so it's not okay to do that. So if you're eating sugar, it's one thing. If it's organic, it's another thing if you're eating sugar or corn syrup that are mm. contaminated with chemicals that directly affect your ability to make energy. Uh, so you got to not eat that crap. Mm. Uh, same thing goes if you're eating industrial meat. You're better off to be a vegetarian than you are to eat these, these, these feedlot animals. Uh, it, it's simply not okay to do that. So eat less meat, but eat higher quality meat. It needs to be grass-fed or it needs to be wild-caught or it's not food and then you don't eat it. Yeah, so one of the most important things that you can do that will make such a big difference to the way you feel is to provide your body with an alternative fuel supply. So traditionally, most people use glucose all the time. They become glucose dependent. Yeah. And so one of the ways to hack that is actually to take something like brain octane, which provides you with a source of ketones, and mitochondria, and particularly the brain, loves ketones. Yeah. It, it's interesting what happens when... Uh, we look at how we're, we're originally set up to work. You burn sugar, and then if you go into one of these, these starvation things where you only eat protein, you can convert protein to sugar. This is one of the reasons that high-protein diets are terrible for you. Mm. In fact, they promote cancer. Protein's a bad fuel source, and it just goes to sugar mm. anyway, but there's a big metabolic burden from that. So then you could go on a high-fat, low-carb diet, go on Atkins, or fast for four days. And these are all pretty intense uh, in terms of the amount of time and energy and, and just lifestyle change it mm -hmm. takes. Mm -hmm. We're talking less than 50 and sometimes less than 15 grams of carbohydrate in order to go into nutritional ketosis. Yep. So this is a great state in the Bulletproof Diet, and you should have read it by now if you're listening to episode 360-something. It it's absolutely explains this stuff for you. Uh, there, there are reasons to go into nutritional ketosis, but you don't have to stay there all the time. And one of the most important things that's changed my brain is this idea that some of the cells in your body prefer glucose, particularly in the brain. They're called glial cells. These are the basically the immune system in the brain. Mm. And then the neurons in your brain, they want ketones. But we're wired to either be a sugar burner or be a fat burner. And this is why most uh, religions and spiritual practices have a period of fasting involved. Mm. So you can get some ketones to wake up the neurons. When you use brain octane, which provides exogenous ketones in your bulletproof coffee, that's part of the recipe for it, and it, and it has been for a very long time, the brain octane allows you to have ketones present even if you had some carbohydrates. You shouldn't be eating loads of sugar. You shouldn't be eating loads of carbs. But you can have a serving or two of carbohydrates and still have now in your brain energy from fat that normally would have required fasting or a, a restrictive diet and energy 
from carbohydrates that, that are clean carbs from the Bulletproof Roadmap. And then all of a sudden, like, wait, I'm running on two power sources here, which lowers anxiety. Because you have an anxiety about running out of, of running out of sugar, and sugar crashes all the time. Mm-hmm. So now your sugar is bouncing up and down, maybe, maybe not, but you've got a stable level of ketones backing it up. And it reduces cravings, yes. and, and that, that's the game changer. So <clears throat> many people spend the majority of their life at the mercy of cravings. Yeah. And so they introduce brain octane, and then within a day or two, or maybe three days. Or a half hour. <laughs> or half hour, cravings go. Yeah. Uh, one of my most profound stories was a, a friend from the UK. Uh, she's a client, uh, works for a big investment bank. And she had just this horrible problem where no food in her house because her cravings were so intense. And she felt oh, yeah. really guilty about the cravings. Mm. So she'd have to run downstairs to go across the street to a Tesco <laughs> in order to pick up a snack. At least that was her, mm. like her speed bump to snacking. Mm. And at, in the office, she would just eat candy all day long. She has bulletproof coffee with brain octane, and she calls me that first morning at, at actually at noon. It goes, I can't believe this, but I went all morning and I didn't eat any candy. And and she was like, What happened to me? Because it wasn't normally she'd have this inner dialogue like, Oh, I'm not going to do this. Mm. And then every day she'd have the candy, and she's like, Just one. But the inner dialogue didn't happen, and it was sort of like she noticed she didn't mm. eat candy instead of she chose not to eat candy. It can be so painful <laughs> when you live with that inner conflict. Yeah. So you got this. I shouldn't eat sugar, but then you give in to sugar, yeah. and it is such a big distraction uh-huh. from living life. Yeah. And so ideally where you want to get to a place is where your diet, your nutrition, the supplements you take free up capacity for you to just engage with a life yeah. that you get excited about. That, that's kind of where we're moving towards. So we've got the nutrition changes, we're talking about sleep. Obviously, there's exercise as well, and I don't know if you're exercising at all. You do need some exercise, but a lot of people will do way too, you know, way too much chronic cardio exercise, yeah. which is a major source of stress to the body as well. I was actually just talking with with Dr. Mercola yesterday on a recording another episode of this, uh, and in the episode, he, he's he's saying, "Well, Dave, yeah, unfortunately for me, you know, I, I spent 20 years doing chronic cardio before I, yeah. I learned, before I knew better." And I'm fortunate that because I weighed 300 pounds and I've, I have a screw in my knee and I had arthritis since I was 14 in my knees, although it's gone now, like I, I'm pretty bendy, uh, I, I never did much chronic cardio. I, was a, I could cycle. I used to do a lot of cycling as a teenager, like mm. 20, 30 miles a day. I was actually a road racer, a very bad, you know, overweight road racer, but uh, I, I did do that. And I, I think it actually helped me to not be doing that much chronic cardio. And even when I went into my, I'm going to lose weight with exercise no matter what, and I exercise an hour and a half a day, six days a week, half cardio, half weights. The cardio was on a treadmill at incline with a backpack on, but it wasn't running. It was walking. Mm, And there's a very big difference between walking and running. In Headstrong, by the way, orderheadstrong.com, you know you're going to want to read this book because it's full of stuff you haven't seen before. But in the book, 20-minute walk a day, and... Here's a bonus point for you too, Julia, since you're in the UK, you're not getting enough sunlight because it's gray and it's relatively far north. So when you go outside to walk for 20 minutes a day, just 20 minutes, we're not talking about speed walking, we're not talking about anything aggressive, take off your sunglasses and get as much light in your eyes as you can. And if it's sunny and it's summer, uh, expose your arms, uh, wear some shorts, get a little bit of sunlight. That's actually also going to help with the libido and the mood particularly. Yeah, you know, the majority of people are vitamin D insufficient. That means they yeah. just have insufficient levels of, uh, of vitamin D for, 
for good health. You know, in order to feel good, have a healthy functioning immune system and healthy hormones, it's really, and I'm sure your functional medicine doctor, if you work with one, will check your vitamin D levels as well as your iron levels. And yeah. maybe we can talk a bit about supplements because there are just some key supplements that will help a lot of people. The caveat is you're dealing with the underlying cause at the same time. Well, we've, we've got the top 10 on the, the Bulletproof website, yeah. uh, which is definitely a place, a place to go to the Bulletproof top 10 supplements. And we actually just launched some of the supplements uh, where you can get things like the methylfolate, what we mentioned earlier, yeah. the, the B12, uh, things like that. But there's some, these aren't, actually aren't ones that Bulletproof makes that would apply both for Julia and for John who had uh, the sugar cravings. Yep. The, the, the two big ones, actually three, uh, that, that I'm, I'm thinking of, and you may have some other mm -hmm. ideas. Uh, number one is chromium polynicotinate. This is a, a form of chromium. And chromium can help you control blood sugar swings. So if you have less swings of blood sugar, you have less cravings. Now, when you take a chromium, take it with a meal for sure. The second thing is called vanadyl sulfate, V-A-N-A-D-Y-L, and we'll put all these in the show notes anyway, so you can download those on the website. And vanadyl sulfate acts like insulin in the body. So if you take it with a meal that contains some carbs or contains a, a reasonable amount of protein, it can really help you keep your blood sugar stable. But if you take it with a low-carb, high-fat meal, mm. it actually can cause a blood sugar crash because <laughs> it's a pretty powerful vitamin. The other thing that can make a difference is cinnamon. And a good quality cinnamon can help you control your blood sugar too. The problem is cinnamon doesn't taste that good on steak. Sorry. Yeah, yeah all, of those, all of those are good. And um, yeah, there's a sub, just as an aside, there's a subpopulation of people who experience depression whose depression symptoms will go when they take high dose chromium. In yes. a dose of about 800,000 micrograms per day. And you know, particularly if you're insulin uh, resistant, you have diabetes, pre-diabetes, all of those will help. You know, the big ones are magnesium is yes. such an important one. And particularly for mitochondrial issues, magnesium malate, kind of bliss glycinate, three and eight, all of those are really helpful. N-acetylcysteine, alpha-lipoic acid, omega-3 fatty acids, vitamin D will help improve um, insulin sensitivity as well. So um, an alternative to metformin is berberine. That's really good for kind of bringing down raised mm -hmm. blood sugar levels. So, you know, if you do work with a functional medicine doctor, obviously they'll, they'll tailor your supplements according to your results, but all of those are going to help, yeah. uh, particularly with sugar cravings, particularly with stabilizing blood sugar levels, which is so important. Um, the magnesium particularly hugely important for energy production. It, it's funny. There's about... Uh, several thousand different enzymatic reactions in the body that use magnesium. Yeah. And it, it's, I believe, number one or number two on the top 10 list of Bulletproof supplements. Yeah. The, as you said, different forms of magnesium are important. What's new in Headstrong, and one of the reasons I think you should read this, is that uh, in the Bulletproof diet, I recommend magnesium for sleep. And it, it's well known to cause relaxation. And there's an argument that I started in the Bulletproof diet and I, I think finish in Headstrong about how important mitochondrial function during sleep is. So we're like, oh, your body doesn't do much during sleep. It's like, no, your mitochondria weird, yeah, make, yeah. They're, chemi they, they're partly chemical factories and they're partly batteries. So they're making energy and in some cases making substances you need while you sleep. So there's, there's a case for this. It causes relaxation, reduces restless leg and things like that, reduces muscle cramps if those wake you up at night. But it turns out there's a circadian rhythm to magnesium. There is indeed. And the time when your body has the most magnesium present is actually noon. 
So what I've done in Headstrong is I changed my recommendations for timing of magnesium. And when you read Headstrong, you'll learn how to divide your intake of magnesium between morning and night, because it actually matters. Yes, so spreading your dose of magnesium is really the key, because your magnesium helps to recycle ATP, it converts ADP to ATP. So you need it for energy, you need it for relaxation as well, because there's a lot of um, internal maintenance goes on at nighttime, yeah. right? And so magnesium is a really, really important one. Um, what about some of the supplements for directly supporting mitochondrial function? Well, one of the, the big ones is polyphenols. And we've got a, a form of polyphenol mix uh, called Polyphenomenal that's coming out with the book. And this is uh, a really, just it, it's an important thing. And polyphenols are the colored compounds that have antioxidant activity, but also have direct mitochondrial stimulating activity that are found in brightly colored vegetables, plants, and things like that. And it turns out that your mitochondria are sensitive to light. These compounds also modulate what light can do, and they have multiple effects in mitochondria. So getting your vegetables isn't just about getting fiber. <laughs> no, it's, it's about getting these compounds. And here's the weird thing. If your soil is unhealthy, if the plants are stressed, they can actually have more polyphenols, but if they're stressed because they don't have enough nutrients in the soil or they have poor quality light or they're putting water with the wrong stuff in it on them, you end up with plants that are weak and those plants have not a lot of flavor and you don't get enough polyphenols. So when someone says, oh, you know, here's spinach that's organic and grown on, on soil that was uh, treated with, uh, say, cow poop from grass-fed cows, that's going to have a higher polyphenol content than the spinach that came from this organic vegan garden that never had animals as part of its agriculture because the soil gets depleted, the soil gets weak. So we, we, we really have to manage the whole system of food. Mm. Everything that happens in your mind when you're thinking started out in the soil and it's a cycle. And I hate to tell you, when you die, you're gonna go into the soil and plants are gonna eat you and then vegans are gonna eat those plants. It's disgusting. Mm. <laughs> and you know, um, <laughs> quite a lot of people know that the nutritional content of fruits and vegetables has declined massively yeah. over the last 50 years. Um, but what they don't know is that the polyphenol count has gone down substantially yeah. as well. And actually we need a lot of ideal, a lot of polyphenols each day to kind of be at our best. Yeah. In Headstrong, I talk about the amount of polyphenols you need and the variety you need. Mm. If you are drinking coffee, which I highly recommend, uh, you might be getting uh, half a gram to a gram of polyphenols mm -hmm. a day. It's the number one source of polyphenols in your diet. The other high polyphenol foods are spices and herbs, and and if you and tea and and to some extent wine, but it's really not that high mm -hmm. in polyphenols. Mm -hmm. Here's the funny thing when you think about this: throughout history, we established these trade routes. The very first trade routes were for salt, mm -hmm. the salt traders. Right now, salt is vital to your function. By the way, for both Julia and John, you guys should have a teaspoon of Himalayan sea salt in water when you first wake up to help your adrenal function. It's it's a huge thing. So salt, people under stress need more salt. Salt will not cause high blood pressure unless you're one of the two to five percent of people who are salt sensitive hypertensives. A lack of magnesium and a lack of potassium might cause yes. high blood pressure, but it's not a problem of too much salt. So salt was the first thing. The next thing that we traded was spice. Mm. Why were spices so precious? Was it because we had to have our, our food taste good? No, it's because our mitochondria are screaming for polyphenols because they need them to function. So what did we do? We took the very highest polyphenol things, things like oregano, 
things like cinnamon, like these, these precious herbs and spices, and they would pack them up, the most polyphenol-dense foods, and mm. we had wars over these. Yeah. People died on mountain passes carrying a few kilos of these things for thousands of years because they were so in demand. Like that's how important polyphenols are for us. And then we evolved to tea, mm. right? Like the, the British mm. Indie Tea and Spice Company. I just butchered their name. I forget. I'm yeah. not that big of a student of the names of companies from 200 mm. years ago. Mm. But a lot of the, <laughs> the domination of the world was around spices tea and high polyphenol foods, and then we switched to sugar relatively recently. Oh, and this is just a sign. <laughs> when you see emergent society forming behaviors like that, those all start at the tiniest level and it becomes emergent behaviors that are, are driven by what we're made out of. And that thing I opened with about neuromelanin, mm. do you know what melanin's made out of? Most people don't. Oh, uh, I think tyrosine's <laughs> right. be one of the. Yeah, I don't know if tyrosine might be in there actually. Yeah. But the the I don't know what the bridges are made out of off the top yeah. of my head. But all melanin is is cross-linked polyphenols. Mm. So melanin's a precious compound mm. in your brain and in your eyes and in your skin. <laughs> mm. But and it's it's involved in energy metabolism. And in order to make energy, you got to have this stuff. And guess what coffee is rich in? Something called melanoids, which are partially cross-linked polyphenols. That's one of the reasons coffee is black. Mm. And this is why uh, I believe that coffee is far more than a source of caffeine. And every time people equate coffee and caffeine, I'm like, come on, guys. They're different compounds. Like, coffee is a superfood in and of itself. Yeah, and that's why you can just you know, say coffee is a polyphenol drink. You know, it, it is. That's one way to describe yeah. it. Right? Yeah, and like green juice, coffee. Nah, give me the, give me the coffee. Give me the black juice. <laughs> right. Well, I'm thinking we answered a lot of questions, which gave people a lot of food for thought here. Yeah, and, we have. And yeah. some beverages for thought as well. Yes. Uh, the one thing I, I will add to this conversation, in Headstrong, there are some recipes. And one of the simple things you can do is stop being such a wuss with your spices. Mm. So when you're cooking at home, take the little jar of oregano or thyme or rosemary, whatever you're going to do, and when you would have just put a little sprinkle... No, just keep keep going. <laughs> just add more of that to your food. And you'll be amazed at what a consistent dose of those things does. Coffee is the number one source of polyphenols in your diet. And it's the number one source because you can drink you know, five cups a day if you want to, if you're not caffeine sensitive. I do two cups of normal. I do one cup of Bulletproof in the morning. I do a, a Bulletproof Black at lunch because I put brain octane on my food at lunch usually. And then I have three more cups of decaf bulletproof. And the mold-free part of the coffee is important because coffee that has mold toxins in it, mold toxins are mitotoxins. They kill your mitochondria or at least lower their performance. So I'm doing this to up my polyphenol count every day. But on an ounce-per-ounce basis, fennel seeds and any of the flavorful herbs kick coffee's ass up and down. Mm. It's just not possible to, you know eat two ounces of oregano, you're not going to like how you feel no. if you do that anyway. So I'm putting every mm. source I can get, including the polyphenomenal supplement, into my diet because my goal is to get at least two grams of polyphenols a day. I yeah. believe it's fundamental to getting your mitochondria at full charge. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's such a good habit to start adding spices because not a lot of people use them, right? Yeah. And I think going back to simple things like 
salt in the morning for most people. And like, you know, if you're listening to this and you say, well, my diet's pretty healthy, well, you probably need salt because you're not getting salt from a lot of places. Yeah. So, and it can make such a big difference to people with ongoing adrenal fatigue as well. So I think in a nutshell, what we're saying is deal with the root cause, find yourself to kind of um, a functional medicine doctor to work with and do the investigations, start looking at your sleep, your nutrition, add in the supplements, and then that frees up your energy and capacity to then get on with life, to mm -hmm. put energy into your relationships, energy into meaningful work, and then you pull out of this kind of dark hole back into life again. Well said. On that note, if you liked this episode of Bulletproof Radio, the thing you can do that says thanks is just share it with, share with a friend on Facebook and leave a review of five stars. And then head on over to orderheadstrong.com and you can buy Headstrong from whatever your favorite online bookseller is. You're going to see Headstrong uh, very likely at, at airports. You're going to see it at the largest booksellers uh, on the, the front table at, at Barnes & Noble. So this is a, a very big, very meaningful book that's meant to, to change people's lives. There is stuff in here you have never read on the Bulletproof website and that you've never read in another book. Like I've read thousands of studies to pull this stuff together. And I realize I've come up with kind of a unifying theory for why so many of the biohacks that I've done uh, have worked and why people who experience what I experienced, what Julia and John in this episode have experienced, so many different things that seem unrelated mm. are related. Mitochondria are the uniting element and you can't have control of those. So do yourself and me a favor and order Headstrong now. Just go to orderheadstrong.com. It'll just take you a minute. There's a two-week program that tells you exactly uh, what to do to get started on this and you will feel the difference thanks dr mark my pleasure see you next time The Human Upgrade, formerly Bulletproof Radio, was created and is hosted by Dave Asprey. The information contained in this podcast is provided for informational purposes only and is not intended for the purposes of diagnosing, treating, curing, or preventing any disease. Before using any products referenced on the podcast, consult with your healthcare provider, carefully read all labels, and heed all directions and cautions that accompany the products. Information found or received through the podcast should not be used in place of a consultation or advice from a healthcare provider. If you suspect you have a medical problem or should you have any healthcare questions, please promptly call or see your healthcare provider. This podcast, including Dave Asprey and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. This podcast is owned by Bulletproof Media.